Okay. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12. So he said, He being God, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? I don't know who is here that is asking him or herself, Who am I? Or I don't know who is here that people are asking you who are you but god sent me to tell you that you are a great child because because i didn't shout you think i wasn't prophesying i don't know who is asking themselves who am i like how about me but god sent me here to prophesy to you that you are the next big thing God sent me here to prophesy to you that you are the one that's going to have the million dollars. Some people didn't get me. Let me try those on this side. God sent me to prophesy to you, Ingrid, that you are the one that's going to have the multinational company. Jennifer did not hear me. God sent me to prophesy to you that people may be asking you, who are you? But God sent me to, to tell you that you are the next big thing. The people sitting at the back think I'm not talking to them. People may be asking, who are you? You two, who are you? Why did you come? Can you tell them that my God said that you are the next great person? My God said that you are the next apostle general. My God said that you are the next Jungle Tech. My God said that you are the next Bill Gates. I don't know who hasn't got it yet. I don't know who hasn't got it yet. I don't know who hasn't got it yet. your hands together for the Lord listen he said that that I should go to Pharaoh listen when you read the Bible you see Pharaoh as a big as Pharaoh was one of the greatest kings in Egypt but God said I will certainly be with you listen that is God's word for you today turn to your neighbor and say I will certainly be with you says the Lord hallelujah so in Exodus chapter 3 verse 12 verse 11 and 12 we see um, Moses asking a question who am I who am I who am I who am I but it was okay for Moses to ask this question because a lot of things had happened in his life for him not to believe what God was saying do you get what I'm saying a lot of things had happened in Moses' life. Oh, I actually wanted to call you to come. God bless you. A lot of things had happened in Moses' life for him not to believe what God was saying in Exodus chapter 3. When we go back, you realize that in his childhood, 
there was a decree, Pharaoh made a decree and said that all the children, all the male children should be killed. So his life was already in danger as a child. His mother did a few things, put him on a river, you know, the princess got him and all that. But now growing up, he, has, he had misplaced identity because he's a Hebrew child, but he was brought up in an Egyptian palace. He was now thinking, ah, what am I? You know, he was on this side, he was on that side. He was a confused guy. I hope you get what I'm saying. Because, I mean, he was a Hebrew boy. He could see their people suffering. But he was brought in a palace. He was brought up in a palace. And he was suffering. He was enjoying. Your parents are suffering and you are enjoying. He had misplaced identity. Number three, there was something that traced him back to his roots. So when you read Exodus chapter 2, he saw an Egyptian harassing an Israelite and he did something about it because there was something that was pulling him towards purpose. But because he didn't have Christ at that time or because he didn't have God, it backfired. I hope you understand. He killed the person Pharaoh got to know and he had to run away and go to a foreign land number number four now moses is in a foreign land he's living in median someone that was brought up in a palace is now living in median median means strife and judgment moses had gotten married to zipporah had his children and things but he wasn't flourishing he was just he was in a foreign land imagine you are brought up in a palace and now you have to go and live at burkina faso not that Burkina Faso is a bad country, but oh, okay, Somalia, it makes more sense. I hope you understand that was Moses' situation. Number five, Moses was literally stuck. He had a promise. Oh, let me not go ahead of myself. Anyway, he had God's hand over him. There was something about his life, but he was stuck in median. He was just there, he was on the edge of things, he was a savior in hiding. He was someone that was called to do something great, but was alive but wasn't even living life. He was just there. And there are some people gathered here, I don't think it's everybody. There are some people gathered here that can relate to Moses' story. Sometimes you feel like your life is in danger. You feel like your life will be taken away from you. When I was president, there was a girl in Rosa that I always used to talk to. She said that, she literally feels like she can't live anymore and she has tried to kill herself so many times but she doesn't want to die a painful death so she wants to die easily but it's not working because every death is painful every time she feels like her life was being taken from her some of you here you have misplaced identities you don't even know you don't know who you are you know your name you can spell it you know you are in school but when, when I ask you, who are you? What are your likes? Like, you, you cannot express it. Your identity does not come together. Just a few months ago, I spoke to a certain lady and she had been living with her auntie. She didn't know it was her auntie for her whole life. Now she turns like 21 and her auntie tells her that, oh, you're an orphan and your mom killed your dad. Like some messed up story. And now she's, she's still, she doesn't even live with that auntie anymore. And she's just there. Like, she doesn't have an identity. Because she doesn't, she never even met her parents. She doesn't even know if her auntie is her real auntie or, like, it's just messed up. There are some people here too that you have tried to put your life together. 
You have tried to put your academics together. You have tried to put your social life together. Some of you, your relationships. You have tried to put it together. Every semester is a new relationship. But it just doesn't work. Every semester you come and say, Oh, as for this semester, dear, I'll get all my A's. But that's the semester you trail. Oh, as for this semester, dear, I'm come to find the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. But that's the semester your heart is broken. You've tried to put it together, but it just doesn't work. And for the last group of people like Moses, you are stuck. You don't know what will work anymore. Because you're in final year and you're like, I've tried all the learning. I've tried TDB. I've tried learning before the paper. I've tried learning at the library. I've tried learning on my bed. I've tried study groups. It just does not work. And you are stuck like Moses. Like you're on the edge of things. You are in school. Your parents know you're in the university. When you go home, they are telling your aunties that, oh, me bama what tech, no? But they don't know that you are struggling here. They don't know that like Moses, you are asking yourself, who am I? You are asking yourself, what's, what's like now? Even when someone says, oh, what is your plan for the next five years? Then you are angry, you bore. Because how am I supposed to know? Are we not all looking for money? Because you actually don't know. And it's fine. Moses asked God. Moses asked God, oh, so you that you're asking yourself, it's okay. God, oh, God. God that can kill all of us right now. Moses could ask God. So if you are asking yourself, then it's fine. Moses asked God, who am I that you are saying that I can do this? Who am I that you are saying I'm the next big thing? Who am I that you are saying that? Who am I? And God said, I will certainly be with you. But another thing God was telling Moses is that you are a child of promise, not a child of circumstance. My sermon title for today is You Are a Child of Promise. Now, what does it mean to be a child of promise? Those writing I have to write fast because. I don't have a lot of time. A child of promise is a child born of God and by covenant to fulfill an assignment of greatness here on earth. I'll take it again. A child of promise is a child born of God and by covenant to fulfill an assignment of greatness here on earth. Claudia writes, you're a child of promise. A child of promise is a child born of God and by covenant to fulfill an assignment of greatness here on earth. How many of you have heard the term you're a child of promise before or someone is a child of promise or promised child? You've never heard this before. You don't watch Nigerian movies. I'm sure there's a Nigerian movie titled Promised Child. You've watched it before. I'm sure they gave birth to the child and the child was suffering and the child got money and the patient was also tried to kill the child. You, Barry, you watched it? Eh? Yeah, Promised Child. <laughs> when you hear the phrase, 
you are a child of promise what is God trying to say when you hear the phrase you are a child of promise what is God trying to say number one God is trying to say that you are bringing an end to generational issues or problems or whatever only Jessica called the prophecy but it's okay now we realize that in every family in every family there's that golden child there's that child that Charlie like he or she is first in class all the time he'll be class perfect then you become school perfect or compound perfect or SRC perfect then that child like goes to one of the best senior high schools then gets the choice of their course like hey choice of their course or course of their choice uh-huh like that child like and sometimes these people they are record breakers they are the ones to enter university first they are the ones to get scholarship like when when you when you say Charlie this child is the golden child even among siblings you know that there's one that's the golden child how many of you can think of a golden child right now it doesn't have to be you it's okay it's okay it's fine some some of you you are the golden children here and that's that's brilliant but other people they are not you are not the golden child and it's fine oh that child or that i'm not saying hate the person no hey i beg you we are in church but that child has been able to do extraordinary things depending on the standard of the family and it looks like that child is the golden child but then god said that when you sit in a church or when you sit amongst people like this and you hear you are a child of promise it means that you are also the one that is about to bring an end to an issue in your family that that golden child was not able to do you didn't get it sometimes the golden children they are the first to go to the university it's okay they come with second class upper everyone is fine because that golden child came with second class upper but when god says fred you are a child of promise it means that you are the one that's going to read phd full scholarship when god says that you are a child of promise maybe the golden child was first from KG or from Kretch till university, the child was excelling. But when God says that, Barry, you're a child of promise, it means that that financial issue at home, God is bringing an end to it through you. That divorce in your family, God is bringing an end to it through you. That issue of poverty in your family, God is bringing an end to it through you. So it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter who the golden child is. It doesn't matter who was called the best. It doesn't matter who was called the child with a silver spoon or a golden spoon in their mouth. But the Lord sent me to tell you that there is a sound of abundance. That when you hear that you are a golden child, that generational issue, that family problem, it is you. It is you. And Adam, it is you. Papa, it is you. Totally, it is you. Okay, hold it. Listen, there were so many children in Israel 
there were, I'm sure there were people that were serving God. I'm sure there were people that were giving sacrifices. Moses was brought up in a palace. Moses did not have the criteria. Moses did not get enough time to serve God. But when God was looking for a promised child, when God was looking for someone to bring an end to the problem in Israel, God did not look at the Hebrew children. God did not look at the people that their mothers breastfed. But God looked at Moses. I don't know if you are a Moses here, but God sent me to tell you that you are the promised child. That you are the promised child. That generational issue. You are the one bringing an end to it. If you believe it, push your hands together for the Lord. Number two, when you hear the phrase, "Go, um, is a golden child, you are a child of promise, it means that there's a change of name. Now, there are people here, or there are people gathered here, that you have been called a lot of names. I, mean, I cannot even think about some. But every name that you have been called is a negative name. Oh, you dear, you're a stubborn child. Oh, you dear, you're a bad luck child. Oh, you dear, you're an evil child. Oh, you dear, you're a child of failure. Sometimes your parents don't tell you. Sometimes it's your aunties that are saying it. Sometimes it's your friends that are saying it. Yesterday, I sat in a church row on my way to Tech Junction. There were two guys sitting beside me. I was at the back. And they were talking, 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 talking. And they started talking about their one friend. And the guy in the middle started saying that that, child, that guy, Eka Kitikiti, and Kobeya special child. Eka Kitikiti, and Kobeya special child. He kept saying it. He kept laughing. And I kept looking at him. I wanted to slap him. But me too, I can't fight. So I was comporting myself. And then the Lord told me that some of you have those friends who are somewhere calling you certain names. But when you hear the name, when you hear the phrase, you are a child of promise. He has sent me to come and tell you that it doesn't matter the name that you have been called with. It doesn't matter if people are calling you a bad luck child. It doesn't matter if people are calling you special child. It doesn't matter if people are calling you an evil child. He said you are a child of promise. 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 It doesn't matter the name of negativity. It doesn't matter the evil name that has been pronounced over you. But God said the moment you hear, you are a child of promise. He is changing your name. Listen, when we look at Jacob, right? Jacob's name meant supplanter or cheater. But in I'm not sure he was in a he wasn't in a service like this, but he encountered God and he wrestled with God. And God said that your name shall no longer be Jacob. You shall be called Israel. Israel means triumphant with God. 
in other words it is in a service like this just like jacob that you will have an encounter with god and your name will be changed i don't care what name has been pronounced over you some of you when you were born instead of prophecy they said oh we didn't plan for you you are just coming to make us suffer you were a mistake child but the lord sent me to tell you that it is that mistake child that is bringing the blessing it is that mistake child that is bringing the breakthrough it is that mistake child that the lord is about to lift up number three when you hear the name when you hear you are a child of promise it is a confirmation of your greatness listen this third group of people actually to be very honest with you we are only few me and Pat we are only few there are people who are convinced in their spirits and in their hearts that they will be great me I'm one of them me, even if you kill me and you wake me up if I don't know how I know I'll be great there are people that are convinced they know if I sleep and I wake up and I don't have what to eat I know I'll be great there are people that are convinced that they will be great how it will happen no they don't know but they are convinced that they will be great but you know sometimes life happens and circumstances come your way and you start questioning that greatness i've been there before i'm always there i'm like hey is god sure these things that god is saying is god sure? or these things i believe become i sure of myself sometimes i think that i'm just imagining things you are convinced that you'll be great but something happens in your life and you're like nah you it's okay if i was going to be at the top it's fine and um, what do they say um don't reach for the skies something something settle on the cloud some weird quotes like that uh-huh that's the quotes that will be coming to your mind you are convinced that you'll be great but sometimes you will lose a loved one you will lose a parent and that greatness now like there are question marks on that greatness sometimes you will throw a course and you are not going to graduate with your friends and you are thinking i thought god said i was going to be a first class student now they said eh, just pass your exam the flying colors your parents will colorize themselves it's cause of circumstances when we were all coming to school we all believed we would get first class now lie hey some people didn't believe you put it on our faith crowd we were all sure we are smart oh we are seven what is 70 70 is it 90 we can't get what are you saying what are you talking about ah 70k and your university university that you can go to class when you want you can choose when you want to do us they should come and see tell the people in shs come and see you were convinced that you'll be great but something happens along the line and you ask yourself that will i really be great will i really become that engineer 
Will I really own that multinational company? Will I really do the things that God has said I will do? But God sent me to tell you that when you sit in a service like this and you hear the phrase, you are a child of promise, he is confirming your greatness. He is hammering the nail on the head and he is saying that whether circumstances come or not, whether you are sure or not, I have called you to be great. I have said you will be the head and not the tail. It doesn't matter what comes in your life. It doesn't matter the experiences you go through. Yes, you love a loved one and so what? Yes, you tried a course and so what? Yes, you are not sure of where you are going to end up in life and so what? He said that when you hear that you are a child of greatness, he is confirming your greatness. Put your hands together for the Lord. Now we are moving on. Every child of promise carries something. There's no child of promise that is just there. That is like an amoeba. Even amoeba. amoeba. <laughs> There's no child of promise that is just there. You're a ghost. You just get up and become great. No, it doesn't work like that. You just get up and become a child of promise. No, it doesn't work like that. You just get up and... Uh, your greatness is confirmed. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't just get up and bring an end to generational issues. So things that your great, 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 great grandmother was fighting, then you, you are the one to come and break it. You can't just get up and do that. There's something that you must carry as a child of promise. Say, I carry something. I carry something. There are some people that were not sure. Let me give you another chance. I carry something. I carry something. Number one, every child of promise carries prophecy. Every child of promise carries prophecy. Now in Exodus chapter 2 verse 2. Sorry. The Bible says that Moses' mom, after she had conceived and she bore a son, when she looked upon the child or when she looked at the child the bible says that she saw that he was a beautiful child other versions say she saw that he was a fine child other versions say she saw that he was a graceful child so she hid him for three months she hid him for three months now the bible records if it wasn't important the bible wouldn't have put it there i don't believe that what moses's mother saw was just how cute her baby was because they were killing children but when she looked upon her child she saw that he carries something unique and hence had to hide him i don't think it was just that moses had a um, puppy dog eyes so he was so nice that she said, oh no, this my child looks like a teddy bear, they kill him, I'll be sad. No, she didn't do that. When she saw the child, she knew that the child carried something. He wasn't just beautiful. He wasn't just fine. He was full of grace. She knew that her child carried something and she knew that her child carried something so unique that she planned that she would drop him on a river and 
the princess will come and pick him up and her child will be brought up in a palace. Tell me if this mother did not see something in this boy. Why would she plan something like that? If she didn't think that this child was a promised child, why would she orchestrate that her child will be brought up in a palace? Maybe Moses' mother did not know that that was his prophetic assignment. But Moses carried an assignment on his head, for which reason his mother saw it in the form of beauty and grace and started that assignment or put that assignment in motion. Can I suggest to you, my dear Rosaki NSC members, that every child that is born carries a prophetic assignment. Every little child that is born. The Bible gives us an example. We see Samson, we see Isaac, we see John the Baptist, even Jesus Christ. Every child that is born carries a prophetic assignment. And everybody is different. So your prophetic assignment is, is peculiar. And I'm not saying prophetic assignment as in you become a prophet. No. I'm saying that before you were formed, like the Bible says in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1.5, God knew you and he ordained you as something. Some of you, God ordained you as the next president of Ghana. He ordained you as something. That is your prophetic assignment. For Jeremiah, he was ordained as a prophet. For you, you have been ordained as something. You have been ordained as something. You carry a prophetic assignment. And it is your duty to look for that thing and walk in it. You cannot just be a promised child and not know what you are doing in life. You ask so many. This question is one of the most difficult questions to answer here on earth. What is your purpose? It's like everybody seems so unsure of that question. It is because we don't know our prophetic assignments. It's because God has not directly told us or you've not asked God. God has not shown it to you. So you are there, you are like, you, are, you, are, you came to university, you are doing a course. But you don't even know why you are doing the course you are doing. You don't even know why you want to become what you want to become. You must make sure that you find your prophetic assignment as a child of promise and work in it. Because if not, then what are you really doing? Why are you here? Why did God bring you on earth as a child of promise? Why did God, I like the way the place is quiet, I'm happy. Why did God bring you here on earth? If you came, you didn't come to just fill space, you are not, you are not a matter. You are not, you are not, you didn't just come to fill space, no. There's a reason why God puts breath in you. There's a reason why there's blood in you. There's a reason why you have a functioning brain. There's a reason why you wake up and you want to eat. There's a reason why you are looking for money. Because God has ordained you for something. And God wants you to be able to bring that thing in pass. God wants that thing to pass. God wants to do something on earth through you. Whether it is engineering, 
whether it is catering, whether it is army, whether it is policeman, whether it is president, whether it is doctor, whether it is small business owner, whether it is entrepreneur, whether it is keyboardist, no, regardless of whatever it is, there's a prophetic assignment over your head. From today, I want you to leave here knowing that you carry prophecy. You are not just, you are not just there carrying braids and natural hair, no. You carry prophecy. The Apostle General tells us his story and he said when he was growing up, his mother, he was like, he went through confirmation. How many of us know what confirmation is? So it's like, I don't know how to explain it. Like you go through some teachings and they confirm you as a, what, a Christian or, yeah, yeah. Methodists also do it, right? Confirmation. So the Katkis came to his house to ask his mother, what name or what English name do you want my child, your child to be called? And he said his mother told the Katkis or the priest that who is the prophet that anointed David? And the Katkis said Samuel. And his mother said, that is the prophetic assignment over my son's head. So call him Samuel. Those who know the Apostle General, isn't he working in his assignment? Isn't he doing what God has called him to do? I'm giving you a prayer topic. From, from now till maybe the end of the year, every time you wake up, ask God to reveal your prophetic assignment to you. Ask God to show you what you carry. Ask God to show you why he brought you here. Ask God to tell you, to, to show it to you. Some people already know, and I'm happy for you. But are you working in it? You're a child of promise. Now, you're a child of promise, Kwao. You must work in your prophetic assignment. Otherwise, like Moses, you'll be stuck. You'll be in a foreign land and you even know what you are doing there. Everybody wants to go up to you. You'll be there and you'll know why you are there. But maybe your own is Ghana. Maybe your own is Nigeria. <laughs> People are laughing. Maybe your own is South. You don't know. Number two. Every child of promise carries boldness. Every child of promise carries boldness. Now from Exodus chapter 3 all the way to Exodus chapter 4, God was negotiating with Moses why he should do what he has called him to do. And Moses was giving God a lot of reasons. I can't talk. I'm shy. I'm tired. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. And God was trying to tell Moses that the promise over your head, it doesn't come by I'm shy. It doesn't come by, oh, I have stage fright. It doesn't come by, oh, when I see people, I shake. It comes by boldness. God had to tell Moses that to be a child of promise, 
You have to be a child of boldness. You have to carry boldness. You don't just, you are not like, I don't, I don't even understand. You can't say I'm shy for the rest of your life. I tell people I'm shy and they don't believe me because they see me like this. But it's because as a child of, of promise, you must carry boldness. You must be bold. You must take the step. Some of you are too comfortable. Oh, I'm okay at the back. Oh, I like to serve from the background. It's fine. But it doesn't mean that your whole life, you must live your whole life in the background. Sometimes you need to take the step forward. Sometimes you need to take the step forward. Sometimes you need to take the step forward. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 20, it says that, and then, and then Moses took his wife and his sons, set them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod in his hand. This was the same Moses that was shy. This was the same Moses that was confused. This was the same Moses that said, I can't face Pharaoh. But this same Moses now said that, regardless of whatever comes my way, regardless of whatever is put before me, I'm taking the step. I'm going with my family. I'm going with authority. I'm taking that bold step to do what God has called me to do. You can't be a child of promise and not be bold. You can't be a child of promise and not take authority over your life. You can't be a child of promise and be there and be making the devil play basketball with your life. It doesn't work like that. The Bible says, for I have not given you the spirit of fear. I don't know why... I know, I'm almost, I'm rounding up. I don't know why you are, you are, you are overthinking things. There's a lady whose story we always share in church, and I, I take her testimony most of the time, so a lot of people don't know the details of the testimony. But, so she stayed at home for four years, and then went back to school, University of Ghana, got a first class, then went to do her master's full scholarship. She now wanted to do her PhD, and they, the Apostle General had already prophesied over her life that, oh, you go and do PhD. So the prophecy was already set in motion but now it was the how how was it going to happen after her masters can you believe that she wrote emails to about to more than 50 professors asking them we are there celebrating her phd but she took a bold step if i tell you right now to send an email to your lecturer you say it's okay i would rather get a d If your lecturer says that, oh, come and do this or do something or come and present or come and do something, you say, oh, it's okay, you give me two, it's fine, it's fine. We are celebrating her testimony that, oh, she's doing PhD, full scholarship, but she took a bold step. She emailed more than 50 supervisors asking them that she wants to work with them, not that they do they want to work with her. She sent a message to them asking them that, I want to work with, work with you on this topic. Not Ghanaian supervisors, so abortion supervisors, white people. What is it that God has called you to do that you are overthinking? 
If it is that business, start. If it is into ministry, start. At the time where, at the time where I was very, very confused about what I really wanted to do, I spoke to one of my pastors and the only thing he said was, once God has said it, just jump in. Regardless of whatever may come, regardless of the circumstances, just jump in. And this was even ministry-wise. And now I am here doing what I'm able to do because I held on to just jump in. Number three, a child of promise, please I'll finish sooner. A child of promise carries inspiration. We see in Exodus chapter two, verse 11 to 13, that Moses, 20 year old Moses, he was 20 around that time. Commentaries say he was 20 to 25, so he was our age, right? Or, yes, our age, basically, average university age. And the Bible says that he saw an Egyptian and an Israelite, and the Egyptian was harassing the Israelite. And the Bible says that Moses was moved to do something about the situation. And when Moses was moved to do something about the situation, he did. He killed the Egyptian and it landed him into trouble and he had to flee. But Moses was brought up in a palace. So how did he know that he was supposed to defend the Israelites? Moses was brought up as an Egyptian. So why was he defending the Israelites? Why was he killing the Israelites? Some of you may say, oh, maybe his mother told him. No, his mother was only nursing him till he was, till he was old enough not to be nursed anymore. If your mother told you at one year, at, one, at your first year or at one year old that you must kill your enemies, will you remember by 20 years? It means that there was something in him that pushed him to do what he was called to do. Moses carried inspiration as a child of promise. Even though God was not in it and it backfired, he still carried that inspiration. I look for what inspiration means. And it says to influence or to affect by a supernatural power. It means that for every human being, there's a certain level of inspiration. You are inspired to do something. I teach Sunday school. And when you ask the children, what do you want to be? One child can say, I want to be a doctor, pastor, and engineer. To them, they believe they can do it. They are not like you. They believe they can do it. They can, like a, a child can say, I want to be a doctor and a lawyer at the same time. You are looking at the child like, hey, are you correct? But that child, to that child, they believe it because they are inspired. These are six-year-old children, seven-year-old children. What have they seen to believe these big things? And that is how you were. When you were a child, at least you wanted to be a soldier. But now, you've seen one soldier slapped, so you've changed your mind. There was something that God placed in you, but because life happened, you went through a few circumstances. You went through a few issues. 
and now that inspiration has been taken has been taken away from you life has beaten life has beaten inspiration out of you you are not inspired anymore now your mantra is Charlie with a search money that's all you care about there's nothing wrong with looking for money but where was that thing that God placed in your heart when you were growing up where is that thing that inspired you to study where is that thing that inspired you to change the face of your family but now all you care about is we are looking for money there are some of you that you wanted to be astronauts but now let somebody mention NASA you are looking for money and you are saying NASA will NASA give me food to eat tomorrow Barry wanted to be an astronaut right now when I ask him cry he'll say no where was that thing that God placed in your heart? Listen, as a child of promise, you must carry inspiration. You cannot walk around empty. You cannot walk around with anything in your heart. You can't settle for less. A lot of us have given up because life has happened. Circumstances have, you know, they have shown you life well, well. And you are now like, ah. Some of you wanted to be doctors. You didn't get 8A, so you didn't get the course. So you are here and you are like, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. The doctor and the cry, why? They are, they are not even getting paid. I can start my own business and get more money. Okay, we have heard you. Number three, number four, and I'm ending. Every child of promise carries the presence of God. Every child of promise carries the presence of God. Exodus 3.12 And God said that I will certainly be with you. I will certainly be with you. I will certainly be with you. The Lord assured Moses of his presence. And that is how Moses was able to walk in the promise. Moses was supposed to just help save the Israelites and then bring them out of Egypt. The first time he tried, it backfired because God was not in it. But now God looked at Moses and said, I will certainly be with you. As a child of promise, you need the presence of God. You can't just be there living anyhow. We see Moses in Exodus chapter 33 pray a prayer as an 80-year-old man and said, if your presence does not go with me, then do not take me from here. If your presence does not go with me, then I'm not ready to go. Because in his walk with God, he has seen the importance of God's presence as a child of promise. Trust me, you can only attain so much without God. But you can attain everything with God. You can do all you can. But if God is not in it, it won't be the best. It will only be okay. We'll clap for you, but you're not doing that well. We'll say, oh, it's fine, but it's not the best. It's not top. It's not what God expects. You can carry boldness. You can carry prophecy. You can carry inspiration, but if the presence of God is missing, trust me, the other three don't matter. If you don't have God, there are people that say that this God thing is overrated. Fine, that's your opinion. 
but we'll keep saying it because really that's all that matters if God's presence does not go with me I don't know where I'm going I don't know about you if God is not in it then what, what then what is in it you are here doing the life thing you are living you are adults already it's only get tougher when you go out of school trust me but is God in your academics some of you have started ministry. Is God in your ministry? That person you are dying over, is God in that relationship? Some of you have life plans. You know that after school, I'll do my national service in this company. The boss, the managing director is my father's friend, so I'll be retained. I'll work for two years, and then after that, I'll go and do my master's. After my master's, I'll just take over daddy's company. I'll work. Okay, great. Clap for yourself. But it's God in it. It's okay to have a life plan. It's okay to plan. But it's God within it. Trust me, you can do all you can. You can try. You can learn. You can do all you can. But I'm saying for a fact that if God is not in it, you can only do so much. You can only do what you can do. And what you can do is not here. You are not even that big. You are not even that rich. So what are you telling me? Every child of promise carries prophecy. Every child of promise carries boldness. Every child of promise carries inspiration. And every child of promise carries the presence of God. What are you missing? Which one of the four are you missing? <laughs> I went through a very, very difficult moment in my life. And trust me, it was, it was hell. I was asking God for only one thing and I had prayed about it. I was sure God would do it because it's not, it wasn't that deep. I was really, really sure God would do it. I prayed my heart out. I did all I had to do as an individual, but I prayed. I'd been praying that prayer for the longest time. And then, when it was time for it to happen, it did not happen. And I'm now looking at God like, did you lie? Because you gave me your word. Did you change your mind? Because you gave me your word. Did you get angry with me? Because I wasn't even doing anything bad, oh God. Or was I? No. There were so many thoughts in my mind because I didn't understand why God could answer other prayer topics and the one I wanted. God, too, can you rest like that? The one I actually needed, the, okay, the one I thought I needed, that those who are trying to think of what the prayer topic is, it's not your concern, it's my life. I'm just sharing this testimony with you. And it didn't happen, and I was asking God why. 
because really why why would I do everything why would I get to the door and you shut it why would I why would I strive for just one thing and you won't make it happen and another thing that even made it more painful was the fact that there were people that were holding on to the testimony there were people I knew that if that thing had happened for me they would have been so excited and they would have believed my God more but it didn't happen and I was like God even if you won't look at me look at these people that are waiting on the testimony and the whole time God was quiet and I was so angry at God because I was like God if it is someone's prophecy there you tell me when it is my own life there you are quiet are you, are, are you serious trust me I negotiated I prayed I fasted I sowed seeds what didn't I do I got so tired that now I was typing my prayers that's how serious it was and I was, I was hopeful every single day I won't leave my bed and I'll lay in bed that I didn't even know that I was getting depressed because I needed God to answer that one prayer topic but the whole time God didn't say anything then a certain week came and I said God you know what it's over I've given up I don't even have time for you again I don't care if you like don't give it to me I don't care so what I was trying to rest God but I knew that I was broken And the whole time God didn't speak to me. And the end of the week, I think like that day, those, that week, I'll just wake up, eat, bath, and then come back to bed. That's all I was doing. And then the end of that week, I was laying in bed and I was praying. I wasn't even praying about it. Like I've told you, I told God I'd given up, right? So I wasn't even praying about it. And I was praying and I had like a dream, visionish, whatever. I don't even I didn't even care about it. It wasn't it was now about what I was praying about. I didn't care. I said, Oh, you want to bribe me? Oh, I don't mind you. I didn't even mind God. So I slept, woke up. And when I woke up, I was praying again. And the first thing that God told me is that you are not a child of circumstance, but you are a child of promise. And standing here, so if you are clapping, you can clap. Standing here, you can see me standing here. I'm standing here because of that word. I'm standing here because God gave me life through that word. If I tell you what I went through, you won't believe it, so I won't say it. But it was just yesterday that one of my friends was telling me that when I was going through that phase, I wasn't even communicating for a whole month. And I don't even believe it. Because me, I thought I was talking to everybody. But my friend said a whole month. She didn't hear from me. And there's someone I talk to every day. And she said she didn't hear from me. And I'm, I was super surprised because in my mind, oh, was it that bad? Yes, it was. But God picked me up. And the only thing he said 
that you are not a child of circumstance, but you are a child of promise. I prayed certain prayers years ago, and I saw God answer them in a week after he told me that. I told God I wanted a job that doesn't require my physical presence, but that will give me dollars, and God did it. Not because of anything, but because he wanted to show me that he can do it. It's not because he didn't want to do it, but it's only because he wanted me to know that I'm a child of promise, and that in his right time, in his right season, he will do it. Be on your feet. heard God's word and it says that you are not a child of circumstance but you're a child of promise Moses went through a lot of circumstances can you please go down for me a bit but at the end we see God glorify himself in his life I don't know which of the four things I have said that you lack but you want to open up your mouth and ask God that if it, is the, if it is the presence that you don't carry, if it is boldness that you don't carry, if it is inspiration that you have lost, if it is prophecy, that your prophetic assignment that you are unsure of, you want to lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God. You want to tell God that, Father, this is what I'm missing. Some of you, all you need is God in that part of your life. Some of you, all you need is inspiration. Some of you, all you need is boldness. Some of you, all you need, all you need is for you to carry something. With your eyes closed. There are people here that feel stuck in life generally and on the edge of things. You really don't know where you are or what you are doing. And it seems like you are alive, but you are not living. You are literally just floating. You don't even know your left from your right. But this afternoon, there's an anointing for you that will move you from where you are into where God wants to take you. If you are like that, you want to come forward right now. Please, with your eyes closed, those praying, still keep on praying. 
if you are here and you feel stuck 